0: Welcome to the Red and Blue Review. My name is Nick Philpot, and I'm your host this evening. And I'm joined by my wingman Jill Holyoke. How are you doing, mate? All right, mate. For this very, very special broadcast. Something that we've been planning for months and months and months, and we thought we would treat you this evening by introducing you. I've been drinking these podcasts now for many years, and the one, the pinnacle of what I wanted to do has happened today, and it's here for you, for your benefit, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my Greatest pleasure to introduce to you England, Man United, and four-time manager of Crystal Palace. Please welcome Steve (laughs) Coppell. Steve, welcome to the Red and Blue Review. Thanks for inviting me. That was some introduction (laughs) there. I've been planning that in my head all day. And and I'm also joined, of course, by the by the team. Nigel Croucher. Good evening, mate. Good evening. Uh, Good evening, Steve. Evening, evening, Nigel. And down in Sussex, Ian Noble. Welcome again, mate. How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm well, Nick.
0: Evening, everyone. Evening, Steve. Evening, evening. Steve, what we're going to do is we're going to go through from the early days all the way through to present day, if you don't mind. Right. And we're going to start right now with what made you choose a career in football as you were studying, I understand, for a degree in economic history. Am I right? Well,
1: my degree is a economic history but I was studying economics so you know it's it's uh, a little bit confusing but uh, I think to a certain extent I'd always wanted to be a a footballer I was a Liverpool fan as a kid 1959-60 when Liverpool got promoted from the second to the first division I went with my dad I missed one game that season my dad used to drop me off at the boys pen And uh, I'd watched the game from there, which was uh, a scary experience in itself back in the day. And uh, I think that planted the seed. And at school, uh, at primary school, I was a decent player. And I was fortunate enough to play in the first Liverpool primary boys 11 um, a long, long time ago. And that's, again, you know, I, I felt as if I had the skill. be a decent player um but then i passed the 11 plus i went to a grammar school in liverpool where you weren't allowed to play for the like under 15 under 16 liverpool boys team but to be honest i wasn't good enough at that age um i hardly grew from you know 11 12 Uh, i wasn't five foot till i was 17. Um, I got to 14, 15, and my sort of contemporaries, the ones who were good players, were getting trials, and some were being signed on by Liverpool and Everton and other clubs. And I realised, you know, I was a boy at 15, 16, playing against men who were shaving and you know desperate yeah, yeah. hands and. My father always used to say to me, if you're good enough, you're big enough. But, you know, I tried to explain to him that I was a young boy playing against men. It's just, I couldn't compete. And then I decided uh, to concentrate on my A-levels and try and get to university. And having made that decision, I, I started growing to the height I am now, five but seven. But all of a sudden, I could compete. I played for my boys' club. And um, just before my A-levels, playing for my boys club, uh, a scout stopped me after a game from Tramnay and he said, uh, he said, we'd like to invite you for trials at Tramnay. And I said, well, you know, I'm sorry, but I've got A-levels coming up and I'm revising at the moment. I don't really have time to come for your trial. And uh, I didn't regret that at all. And... Literally, probably three weeks before my A levels were starting, I got a phone call at home, and the scout said, "Listen, we're just checking. We've got a trial game this weekend at Prenton Park." He said the magic words, "Prenton Park, a league ground on the main pitch." So. He also invited the centre-forward for my boys' club team, so the two of us were going to go as a little combo, and obviously playing together in the boys' club, we understood each other. And we both went to Prenton Park one Sunday. Uh, I remember my team won the game 5-2. I'm playing with my big centre-forward mate, and I scored a hat-trick in the game. And afterwards, uh, the scout came up and said, you know, we'd like to sign you on amateur forms. So they signed the amateur forms that particular day. I didn't really know what that meant at the time. And then a couple of weeks after I'd finished my A-levels, um, Tranmere started pre-season training. Well, at this stage, I'm 18. And I knew then I was going to university. The university starts in October. This was June, July. So I had two, three months where I had nothing planned. They invited me for pre-season training. I went for pre-season training. And I had a year then where I was uh, as an amateur. <laughs> not getting paid. And I had a dream. I had Not dream as such, but I, I had an ambition yeah. to play in the football league as an amateur. And obviously, Tramere, given their financial plight, were only too pleased to see me achieve <laughs> that ambition. So I, I played my first year at Tramere. And I, I never played in the first team during that year. I was just playing in the midweek reserve team. Um, but training with the first team um, almost uh, on a daily basis because I could jam it in between my lectures and tutorials. I've got
0: to ask you, did you make my, you, the mate that you went with from your Sunday league team? No, I always, always think you well. No, he was bummed out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was bummed out, and I was signed up. I played a year as an amateur. And my second year at university, I signed um, a part-time contract with Tranmere, uh, £10 a week. My predecessor and somebody I roomed with um, on Tranmere trips when the few occasions we did stay overnight was Mark Pallius. Oh, really? Who was a year ahead of me. He was at Manchester University. So... My second year at university, he'd just finished university and had gone full-time at Tranmere as a player. And uh, halfway through my second year at university, I got the the call to meet with
0: Tommy Docherty to get transferred. To Man United. First of all, I'd like to just take a slight step back. A a Liverpool boy playing for Manchester United. Oh, that was my question. A Liverpool boy playing for Manchester How did that happen? But... Tell me about the
1: dog well, team. D- d- t- you think for me as a Liverpool fan, you know the the 1965 FA Cup winning team for Liverpool beat Leeds 2-1 in Saint John. Tremendous header, you know. Great day for me as a 10, 11 year old. Sensational, you know. Liverpool winning the FA Cup. In goal was Tommy Lawrence. Yeah. Center half was Ron Yates. Yeah. Vince Blair Willie Stevenson. tranmere were managed by. Ron Yates. When I was training at university, but training most days at Tranmere, Tommy Lawrence used to drive past my house on East Lancashire Road, going through Liverpool through the tunnel to get to Tranmere. He used to give me a lift. Oh. I used to. Get, I would have paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> I would have paid. It. Yeah,
0: unbelievable.
1: Tommy Lawrence had the unfortunate n- nickname of the Flying Pig. <laughs> yeah. He was a little bit chunky, to say the least. And we used to train at tram here, and he used to live in Lee or something like that. It was a thorough schlep from, from Birkenhead to get there. Yeah. After training, he would literally, he didn't have a shower. He walked round the showers, hardly dried, put his clothes on, got in the car to drive home. If you weren't ready and waiting, you could drive off. It was all preempted when training was finished. And you thought, right, I'll bomb and Get a quick shower before he comes through and then jump in the car. So for me, like it was like a, a, a dream to, to, to be involved with uh, this environment. But Ron Yeats was manager, and we used to play on a Friday night. And I got into the team, and then I started doing okay. But, I, again, I played mainly for Tremere as a centre forward. And the the big Ron sometimes on a Friday night would say to me, pull me to one side and he said, or oh, we man he called me We Man, he said, uh, Liverpool people are here tonight. And as soon as he said that, I would as H1 team yourself <laughs> As as I would have done. And and I wouldn't play well. So I had in the back of my mind and all along I'm thinking get me a degree and then see what happens with football. So nothing happened with Liverpool. And then uh, Tramnir were due to play Aldershot, And we weren't doing great. We were in what is now Div 1, the third level. And we weren't doing great at the bottom of the table. So Rungic decided to take the team to Aldershot on the training camp before playing on the Saturday at Aldershot. So I think they went down on the Tuesday and because I had election tutorials, I couldn't go. So on the Wednesday, I got a phone call from uh, Dave Russells, the general manager of Tranmere. He said, uh, Steve, he said, I've got Tommy Doherty in my office. He said, we've agreed a fee to sell you to Man United for £60,000. So no agents in those days, nothing. And this was literally like 11 o'clock one Wednesday morning. And he he said, get yourself over here quick, as soon as you can, (laughs) to get the bus. (laughs) (laughs) The bus, the ferry, and then another bus to get to Brenton Park. So like two hours after he phoned. As soon as he phoned, I phoned my dad. And I said, you know, dad agreed to sell me to to United. He said, what do you think? He said well let me put it this way he says i don't think you turn man united down because <laughs> you might want to do other things but you don't turn man united down i phoned up ron yates because i thought maybe they were selling me behind his back without him knowing because he was in all the yeah. shop with yeah, the rest yeah, of yeah. the team yeah. so he said don't know i know all about it i wish you the very best it's a fabulous club you know We'll see you soon, no doubt. So, got me over there. And before I went in to see Tommy Doherty, the general manager of John Mayor Dave Russell pulled me to one side. He said, Listen, I've told Tommy Doherty that you're earning £30 a week. That <laughs> was on £10 a week. He said, If he asks you, you're on £30 a week, okay? I said, Yeah, all right. I introduced her to the doc. The doc says to me, uh, He said, Steve, he says, I've never seen you play. He said, but people whose opinions I respect say you're a decent player, so we've agreed to sign you. How much are you earning? And again, no agents, nothing. I said, I'm on £30 a week. He said, I'll double it. (laughs) To this day, I think he just said that for effect. So if I'd have said £40 a week, £50 a week, £60 a week, he would have done it. You know, relatively, it wasn't a great deal of money. No, in of it it for me, as a student at university, my gra- grant per term, I was getting a grant, was £80 per 10 week term. Yeah. So, so, this is a
0: full time professional contract, yeah?
1: Well, again, um, I said to him, I said, listen, you know, that sounds great to me, but, you know, my university, uh, I'm just coming up to the end of my second year. I said, if you let me finish my second year, I could do my third year any And he said, no, absolutely not. He said, football, he said, it's a hard business. It'll chew you up and spit you out like that. Mm-hmm. He says, you're going to finish your degree because that will be with you for life. And to this day, really? I am ever so grateful <laughs> for, you know, I always say Tommy Doherty had the sec- second biggest effect on my life beside my dad. You know, and the he, fellow... When he passed away, what, six months ago or something like that? Absolutely. When
0: when did you sign for United?
1: 74, I think it was. So November. how
0: did you play in the cup final? I can't remember.
1: Well, I joined when they were in the second division. Oh, gosh. We had 11th. My first game, I signed on the Wednesday, or i agreed to sign on the Wednesday. And the doc says to me, he said, uh, he said, you with us on Saturday we're playing cardiff we have a pre-match meal at old Trafford cricket club the cricket ground he said get your ass there for 12 o'clock so i didn't have a clue about manchester old trafford wherever and I, I did have a car and it was an old uh austin 1300 i think it was it was a bit of a bone rattler so again Drive to Manchester down Eastlands Row. We're had to stop people. Where's Old Trafford? <laughs> <laughs> and also, because <clears throat> I was due to be playing at Aldershot, my boots were with the Trafford team at Aldershot. Oh, gosh, yeah. So I turned up at Old Trafford Cricket Ground, walked in, had never met any of the players. I obviously knew the names from the TV and all this. And Martin Buckin, who was the captain, introduced <laughs> me to everyone. He was brilliant. And we have pretty uh, pre-match meal there, and I am frightened to death. <laughs> the doc says to me, right, son, he said, you're, you're going to be soaked today. And that was in the days of said, want to. So I said, oh, brilliant, great. I said, there's a small problem here. I said, I've got no boots. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I've got my boots with the tram here at Aldershot. So <clears throat> I borrowed an old pair of Stuart Pearsons to send home. So, again, get, get to the game. Well, at Old Trafford, the Doc, I'm waiting for the inspirational team talk at half past 12 before we drive over to the football ground, which is only like 800 yards away. Doc gets up, and it, it's very much, he said, oh, I was at dinner this week, and I heard a great story. This fellow walks into a pub. <laughs> And I'm thinking, this is supposed to be, you know, <laughs> inspirational <laughs> football <laughs> tactics and all this. He tells a joke. He, <clears throat> he says, it's right, boys, you know, just go out there today, enjoy yourselves, express yourselves. Don't be worried about making mistakes. We do all we do. All the best. Thinking, this is not what I expected. <laughs> Turn up at the game. And it was at the time when United were just having a little bit of a stutter in the league. Willie Morgan was playing right weight And uh, he and Doc had fallen out. So after an hour in the game, it's nil-nil. Crowd are getting a bit restless. Doc's getting anxious. He shouts to me. He says, have a warm-up. You're coming on. I, go, I didn't even know what a warm-up was. You know, I run up and down. <laughs> go, I'm ready. Let's go. And uh, board goes up. <clears throat> Willie Morgan. Willie was really popular with the crowd. And <laughs> when the board went up, we were having a corner. It was our corner. So Willie comes off, shakes my hand. I run on. And it's like booze, because they're unhappy that Willie's come <laughs> on. I don't know. I've done nothing. <laughs> know. Probably know. Probably never <laughs> heard of you. Yeah. Well, the program, uh, my surname is spelt... K O P E L. Cop as well. Well, okay. he has to be a player who played for United called Frank Copeland. Oh, okay. So, anyway, we have a corner. I run on to muffled booze almost. <laughs> and as I run on, I don't even make the penalty box. Corner comes in, Stuart Houston header, they score 1 0. <laughs> I'm celebrating with people I don't know <laughs> for something I've not done. <laughs> and then the first time I get the ball, I'm on the right wing. And I panic, didn't know what to do. Crossed the ball into the box, Stuart Pearson scores. And we ended up winning the game 4-0. And I had a hand in one of the other goals. So I come off the pitch and I'm, I'm thinking, this is heaven. This is beyond <laughs> heaven you know, students, no boots, come and play, <laughs> we win 4-0, 0-0 when the game on, and I, it was unbelievable, it, you know, they. I, I just felt so great, and then for the rest of the season, we never lost another game. I just thought, 74 was the Liverpool-Newcastle, no Liverpool beat Newcastle, no did you play in the 77 final? I played, well... Against, against, against Liverpool. Stuart Pearson scored. Yeah, Jimmy no, no. there's a gap between them because the following year, that year we got promoted. Yeah. And the, there is a little story about for me. Indulge myself in. It. Too. Many years later, like I I think I played 12 games in the second division. And uh, the final game with there at Old Trafford, presented with the championship trophy presentation of little medals. And uh, years later, I saw Willie Morgan, and he says to me, uh, "You've got my medal." Oh my God. <laughs> I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Well, in that year, in those days, you had to play at least fourteen games to get a medal. I remember, I remember that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, can I can only played twelve. No, he says, "You've got my medal." I says, "I think I have." Yeah, I said, "But you're not it. <laughs> <laughs> said, no, it." He said, "It's mine now." He laughed at Opie, he was all right about it.